Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Round one is over and done with. The NRL is back and Brock... How happy are we that it is back? Yeah, it was good. It, um, it was a long weekend, obviously, with a Thursday start, uh, Monday finish, but uh, nice way to ease back into it. And uh, there were some good games over the weekend. There were also some some stinkers, uh, like yeah. last night's, but I'm sure we're going we're gonna to get into all that um, mm. and review it for, for the listeners. But, um, yeah, it's good to have it back. Um, and it was good to get out to the game. It was bloody hot out at Penrith on, on Saturday. I got me massive head got sunburnt, but... Um, that's probably another issue, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Well, five underdogs out of the eight won, which is very unusual for round one. Usually we are lucky to get one or two upsets, but five are very unusual. I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of bookmakers and some people out there, especially para fans, there's a lot of people freaking out already saying we're going to be in the eight. I wouldn't get too excited just yet no. off one round. But uh, starting things off, it's the routine from last year. It's the fast five, which is where we give our highlight of the round, our low light of the round, our best player, our worst player, and then a question uh, that we've come up with ourselves, either of us, that we want to pose for this week. So uh, starting off with a highlight, I'm going to kick us off. It's a bit of a Melbourne combination. It's Smith re-signing for the next four years and the Golden Point win without Kronk. I was uh, mystified at 20-0. I walked away and started to hang my clothes out and that, and then I saw 20-4, to four, then 20-8, to eight, and before you know it, it was Golden Point. Well, yeah. So. Well, the record speaks for itself. I said that on last week's podcast. I couldn't believe how many people that just fell in love with Manly. Um, well, without Cronk, I think a lot of people. Well, I couldn't get enough cabbage on him to be honest. On on Saturday afternoon, I, I was dreading that or regretting it. I suppose once they were down twenty nil or twenty to four or whatever it was. But um, once they sort of crossed, I thought, you know, they clicked. Possession was always going to turn. It was just a matter of in the wet whether they're going to be able to um, chase those points and. Uh, it was pretty remarkable what they what they turned on second half. Mm, what's your highlight? Um, my highlight was the season opener. I thought it was the clearly the best or well, the highest quality game. Um, I thought South Sydney were physically dominant. Uh, you know, even though the Roosters led after 20 minutes, uh, it was just faster, harder. I thought um, and and really lived up to uh, the billing that it had provided for us. And back page of the paper for most of the last week, I thought it was a really good game and. Souths were really, really impressive. They impressed me. I know it's round one. They did the same thing last year, but uh, the oh, challenge for them is going to be whether they can I reproduce and, and get better uh, come finals time. I, st- I still think there's a new element there, which is what you'll see even more once they get Kiri back around round 10 with uh, Sutton being out of lock. But uh, low light of the round for me, injuries and suspensions, there's a lot coming out of round one. Uh, a lot of people blowing up saying the shoulder charges are soft. Well, guess what? That's what happens. And if you haven't seen anything about the Ian Robinson... Uh, Ian Roberts situation, sorry, and the concussions and all this, where well, you need to pull your head in. 
Well, we um, we uh, we broached this last year, uh, talking about what had happened in the NFL with the massive case regarding concussion and, and players seven hundred and fifty million dollars suing them. Yeah, and um, massive massive lawsuit. And it was only a matter of time before it was going to filter in uh, to the contact sports in Australia, and probably sooner than I expected it to, to be honest. Yeah, well, it's purely. For me, like I said, it's, it's the profile this round of the injuries and the suspensions. Though you got Sonny Bill, who's already taken a guilty plea, mm. uh, three weeks for that feeder. That was late in the game. It was lazy. Yeah. It was just dumb. And I, I do. I know there's a lot of people blowing up saying, "Why didn't Tio get done?" Tio's one wasn't in the head, so I can understand that. But he I, still should have been. It, penalty. it was a shoulder yeah, charge. Should have been enough happen, But you know, you got Fafita facing two to three weeks now. Well, uh, his was very. I don't think he's had the same. No, nah, didn't have the same impact. impact but he's still going to cop something for it. Yeah. Um, you've got Gallon. Uh, potential syndesmosis. He reckons it's not as bad as the first time he's had it a couple of years ago, which was only four weeks. So if that's the case, well, scans are going to tell that. Good, but if it's a really bad syndesmosis, the top grade is four months and requires surgery. If it's grade one or two, he's looking at two to eight weeks. Yeah, so So, it's still going to it's going to put him out for probably a month at least. Yeah, I thought there was a fairly high range of injuries there. Brett Stewart, obviously, and we're already we're still missing players that we've already mentioned, like Curie to fill. There's a lot of a lot of talent sitting on the sidelines right now. Yeah, my low was the crowd numbers. I, yeah, uh, horrible. They were really, really poor. I mean, the, the NRL is going to really struggle to defend these. Uh, if it was, you know, only a couple of thousand less than the last few years, which I think it was last year, um, to be honest. But this year, it's it's well, well below what we're used to to start the season. And uh, whether that's because of the quality TV. of TV, it's I mean, brilliant. the convenience of TV, uh, how close the games are packed together. Um, I was really surprised. I expected Penrith Stadium, you know, I'm going to yeah, use that, that as an example, that. local. Um, the biggest issue for me is I've got no idea why they're playing a game at 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon. In, well, and it was, I know it was 30 degrees, I'll but it was you, humid. I'll out give here. you another issue. Last year, I went once. I don't really go to Penrith. I don't go for Penrith, but it was 20 bucks to get in. I had a bloke from work who went on the weekend. It cost him $35. I don't know whether that's a ploy to try and get you to buy the membership because it's cheaper. But $35 is not really appetising for somebody to turn up to watch one game of football in Penrith. That's pretty ruthless, if you ask me. Hey, they ran out of beer, too. That, yeah, was, well, a, that, was, that was a bit of a sticking point They said they were going to revolutionise the grand experience um, with these new app where they can bring the food to, you can order drinks from your seats and all this kind of stuff. But I, I think, obviously, it's going to take some time to, to get yeah. used to. So I think in a few weeks, obviously, they'll, they'll get through those teething problems. But, yeah, the crowd numbers were really poor, uh, and especially considering it's round one, and, mm. um, but the timing of it and whatever. The TV uh, networks have really won, really won, haven't they, You know, in terms of they're dictating when the games are on and it's affecting the crowd numbers. Well, I love the TV, so I'm one of those ones, unfortunately. But uh, my favourite player or my best player of the round, uh, I couldn't split Manu Mao, his debut for the Paramount Eels. He was absolutely outstanding. And uh, Jason Tamalolo, the bloke debuted when he was 16. I think he's copped a lot of stick, but... If you don't realise, he's been playing under 20 since 09. He was still eligible last year in 2013. The blokes are baby. Mm. So they've, you know, it's taken a while for him probably mentally to get in the right place. But Neil Henry used to manhandle him and drop him after one game. Paul Green showing him what a bit of love uh, can do. And he got 200 metres, eight tackle busts. and was an absolute menace on the weekend. So mm. uh, between him and Mao, I couldn't separate. But outstanding. Well, my two, Thurston and Inglis. Uh, a class above, cut above. Uh, I know a lot of people have said, you know, English didn't do too much to score his three tries, but uh, looked pretty ominous at where he's at at the moment, especially if he's going to improve as the season goes on. Jonathan Thurston had the ball on a string. 
Yeah. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's, every, he's, he's, every quality. Quality. he's a puppeteer. Um, I thought what Andrew John said uh, on Sunday on the footy show was fairly relevant, saying that, you know, he, um, well, sorry, it was Matty John saying about Andrew John's that he thinks Thurston will surpass the him. progression. Yeah, and I. I, it's it's hard to argue with him. Um, it really is. Well, he needs um, to win a competition. I know he got one at the Dogs. Yeah, but just, not off his own. He battle, hasn't, hasn't done one in his own right, which for me well, that's guess, that's the missing piece. So the other two, Gareth Widop, I thought had a good debut for his for his new club, um, and the other one was Sam Burgess on the back of all the off season talk and obviously his, his uh, you know highly publicised move to Bath rugby union. I thought he uh, he really came out and let his footy do the talking. I think he got the Channel 9 men of the match, did he? Yeah. yeah. So. I thought McQueen deserved it, to be honest, but that's yeah. just me. But uh, my worst of the round, and I'm I'm not taking a shot at him, but Peter Sterling, again, uh, summed up pretty much what I was thinking. Luke Brooks, he missed nine tackles. I know he didn't have a full off-season, but uh, I've said it before, they can't lean on him so heavily, which they already are, and yet they had lots of talk, but uh, the only way to address getting aimed up on when you come into grade is pretty much what uh, Sterlo said. You look at Kieran Foreman, he got marked up in his first game and he was hammering people, just getting in front, uh, throwing his body. Luke Brooks really didn't look comfortable on the weekend. He got peppered. He wasn't throwing himself in front of it. and you know that, That's not going to stop. He's only one round in. He's mm. got you know 23 more games to go, including the two boys. It's a long year ahead. He needs to you know, get used to getting peppered by teams, and he's going to have good back rollers and big bodies coming at him all year. So. You reckon he was the worst player ever? Of the or, Statistically, I, maybe. I think just just on effect of what I looked at all around, as far as a higher profile, what stood out to me. Mm. Well, it's only second. I mean, that's right? I'm not taking a shot at him long term. I think he's going to be a weapon, but if he's going to be playing, yeah, it's going to take first grade week in week out. You can't be missing nine or ten tackles. He was constantly yeah. exposed. He was on the back foot. The guys around him are going to do a better job as well. Oh, I mean, obviously, but it, 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 playing it, behind a pack is not. It wasn't just the defence. Not though. strong. I know so. he didn't probably get a lot of help, but I didn't think the kick. He had one good kick at the start of the game. But I didn't think there was a lot of good uh, after that. The ball playing was pretty plain. Every time he got the ball, he seemed just shifted on as quick as he could to somebody. So yeah, he's well, undone. Be... He, he had injuries in the preseason, but. Uh, yeah, the, the defense is the biggest thing. He'll be a liability and continue to be unless he starts putting his body in front. Yeah, he's going to keep I mean, getting marked up. You're going to you're going to take the take what he uh, what he can't do on defensively, and then you got to look at what he's going to give you offensively. And I'm sure Mick Potter's weighed that up, mm. um, and it's going to be a learning curve for him. And they're, they're going to have to cop that. They're going to have to do a better job of supporting him. He's only a, a young kid. He's not real big. No, uh, my worst. I thought the Bulldogs were. But pretty poor on Friday night, and I couldn't split them with the Warriors. The Warriors sort of let us down again after sort of what we saw in the in the trial period. Um, uh, they've done exactly what they did last season. They they dusted the Broncos in that trial two years in a row, and they've come out to Parramatta Stadium both years and got dusted by almost forty. So um, it's yeah in- interesting to see how they both back up this week because uh, it's going to be important. You don't want to go zero and two. I think the Warriors went two and six in their first eight last year, so that was a reason they didn't make the eight. So. Mm. Uh, Matty Elliott's got some things to mull over, so does Des Hazler this week. Mm. Well, question for the round, the one that I want to pose is the Dogs, supposedly 850000 for Andrew Fafita, making him the richest forward to have ever played the game. Would you buy no. it? If this is coming from a Bulldogs perspective, not no. only have you already got Cassiano, Graham, Eastwood, a million forwards, but 850000 no. for a prop with what you've already got. No. I um I, I love him. I can't believe it. I think he's a great player, but I don't understand how they need to buy another front row. No, it just doesn't seem like smart business and to me, especially when people. He's not. He's not. A, he's a good, good player. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's got a real good impact. He's got a high upside. He's still got discipline issues, and he's still not as consistent as what you would like 
to see from a pay, player that you're going to pay eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars for. So, mm. I mean, who who would you pay eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars for in today's game? Well, you've got to. Who would you feel comfortable? I, paying I'd, I'd say nobody. But the, the scale's gone up now, so that's I suppose kind well, of. That's like, what I'm saying. So you probably it, say it who? Is, it is like half a million dollars was. You'd say the big three. You'd say oh, Thurston. There are more than that. So Thurston, but I'm saying, who would you feel comfortable yeah, paying well, those kind of players? Yeah. As far as Ford, do you put him in that echelon? Well, as far as Ford's are concerned, I think if you, I don't think he's in. If you wanted to tell me which front row, I'd, who's I think the best front row in the comp is, he'd be pretty close to the top for me. Uh, not not on uh, my watch. When, when he's your top try scorer and he almost plays a full game and makes two hundred meters and all those things, there's a lot of weapons there, and he's he's my age. For, for me, he's so. not having a he's not having a big enough impact to demand that sort of cash. But but after last year, he's earned his money. Sonny Bill, Sam Burgess is gone. Yeah, but that's yeah, people are not looking at it from that perspective. Sonny Bill, Sam Burgess, probably the only other two forwards with that whole skill set that you look at of ball playing, footwork, minutes, being able to score tries, line breaks. They're both going. So he's. Ideally, come off contract at the best time possible. He is right now the he's the prime man as far as a forward. Well, the question for me is who's uh, whose spot is he taking? Is he, whose money is he taking? Well, they're supposedly going to be re-signing James Graham, and they reckon at the moment they're four hundred thousand under the cap. So, well, I heard that James Graham actually turned down a deal last week. So, I, I don't know. Well, it's Frank, going to Pritchard, be Frank Pritchard's off contract. I think Greg Eastwood as well. How many injuries Eastwood's had? I'd probably be moving him on. Oh, definitely, yeah. And Pritchard last year got offered to go for Salford. Said he'd stay for another year. I think he might be another one. So. Right. The question I want to pose is uh, what incentive is needed to increase poor crowd numbers? So, what incentive for you do you need to go to the footy? For me, I don't need a lot. I, well, I love going to the footy live. I go for Melbourne. So, unless they're going to fly me down to Melbourne to watch them, that's yeah. my incentive, but it's not going to happen. I don't go... But, but let's say you were living in Melbourne. I'd go every every week easily, okay. so I don't need incentive. But we're com- if you're coming from a perspective of a fan, well, let's say if it's at Allianz, if it's at Allianz, they're playing the Roosters. Yeah, you're not going. It. No, yeah, not so sure. why not? Oh, a multitude of reasons. Why would I go on Super Saturday when I can watch the twenties, the New South Wales Cup? Well, let's say let's say let's say it's a standalone Friday night game. Still wouldn't go. No, no, because of what public transport, par- yeah, after parking. after work, and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. the amount of issues in between. Football and even like you said, if I want to have a beer by half time, they cut you off. You got to drive home. You got to catch a train. Everything just there's so many things where virtually, if, yeah. like if I was a Penrith fan, I'd be going every week. Yeah, because well, it's so convenient. But I don't think uh, a lot of people have the convenience that we do, being such a local. I love going. Area. I love going to Penrith Stadium because it's that suburban feel. I mean, you can get a beer until. But you know me. I go. I go game. to the grand final and I go to the Origin. I like big occasions. As far as club games are concerned, if I lived in Melbourne and I go for Melbourne, I would. But that's my barrier right now. I won't go watch, uh, you know, other games. I, w- I might come. I go to Penrith when they play Melbourne. Yeah. But as far as Melbourne coming up to Sydney, no, I don't travel an hour, an hour and a half, and back and forth in between that on Super Saturday. When, as we all know, I've got the convenience of the the Foxtel and having the couch and the bathroom and the drinks and everything. All you know, it's a lot cheaper. For sure. I mean, you pay eighty bucks or whatever it is for to get the basic package plus sport. Hmm. I mean, it, it, for people out there listening that have got a family and. Uh, or even, you know, a partner to take. Uh, I mean, it's going to cost you that to go to one game. So, uh, for me, I think maybe one game a uh, one game around, have it as a gold coin game um, and rotate that around. Maybe one club gets one per, per season. And, uh, you know, the clubs are going to do a better job of, once they get the people in, they've got to keep them happy. I mean, I, I've just mentioned the issue they had at Penrith. There was thousands of blokes here on the Saturday afternoon looking for a beer, and they ran out of beer. Um, so... I mean, how many of those people are going to come back for another game this season? You know, I, I don't know. They've got to do a better job of, once they get the people into the ground, making sure that they are 
leave them wanting more and, and leave them wanting to come back. Yeah, well, it's not really happening at the moment, but uh, that's the Fast Five wrapped up. We'll probably chuck a status up on the page here, see who your high and uh, what your highs and lows of the rounds were, your best and worst player, and any questions that you may want to pose. But uh, chuck a quick break in here, and then we'll jump back with a review of the games of round one. Round one kicked off on the Thursday night with a traditional clash between Souths and the Roosters. Uh, many backed the Roosters. I think even our free bet on the page, I don't think anyone backed uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs well, to win. we couldn't give it away. No one was near yeah, it. No, but no, no, I don't even think anyone backed Souths to win, but 28-8 uh, to eight in the end. It was pretty similar to last year. Yeah. Um, well, we fell into the trap of backing the Roosters, I guess. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, I mean, after the World Club Challenge, I won the comp last year. Uh, they just looked a little bit underdone. Yeah, they I had thought. 14 go to the World Cup. They were doing personals of smaller players uh, during the off-season there. They're still kind of suffering a bit of a hangover. They're not going to have full match fitness for another couple of weeks. Yeah. No, they just, they just look underdone. Souths look probably uh, like they really started the season at well, peak fitness. You look and, at them, who who yeah. they have going to the World Cup, really, that affected them big time. Yeah, well, Isaac that, Luke, obviously, Sam no, Burgess, Inglis. They still have a lot of players go to the World Cup. Yeah, they had Cup, a couple. But, they didn't have 14. Um yeah, obviously. I'm, I'm not uh, defending them. I think also it's the, you know, the Roosters have obviously got other things to worry about. I think Trent Robinson and Michael Maguire have totally different philosophies on how to start the year. If you look at last year, Robinson's team really built in. This Maguire's my... team starts really strong, drops away, and then tries to kick come finals. This is my issue with Robinson. I think uh, Maguire, I think he's the opposite. I think Maguire's trying to push it every single week. Yeah. They flattened out last year, and he was getting quite dirty on them for flat. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah. And he didn't seem to have ever let the foot off, where, which is why I think Melbourne bowed out last year. That's the first time Craig Bellamy's ever pushed Melbourne for a full year, and they burn out completely. Yeah. So I think Maguire needs to do a better job of maybe lulling off uh, in the middle of the year, especially this year, saying they've been stripped out a bit of depth. But the Roosters, I'm not worried. Uh, sure, this may affect if they did it for a couple of weeks later and maybe been the minor premiers or something along those lines, but... Uh, long term, it's. I don't think it's, it's no in no way a sign to panic. A lot of well, people were going, "Oh wow, they got dominated. They got dominated last year." Yeah, they lost. They lost six games last season, and they lost round one. So yeah, and I they, don't think it's a massive. They lost in, in the same fashion. So. They've got Parramatta this week, so this. Is, I mean, it's going to be a good test to see sort of where the Roosters really are at, and and where the Parramatta are at as well. So yeah, well, um, I'm looking forward to that game. They've both lost a key player as well. The Roosters lose Sonny Bill obviously for three weeks. That's a big loss. They've man. got replacements. Aiden Guerra will come straight in there. That's the beauty of their side. The Eels on the other. Hand. They lose Nathan Peets. Yeah, who will uh, come in and play nine there? Kaiser right? Pritchard, okay. the young Pritchard brother. That Goes well. Keating's obviously gone. He debuted last year, so he's the only other choice at the moment. No, yeah, he's not uh, Nathan Peets, put it that way. No, so they'll Nathan, lose a bit there. Nathan Peets had a, a massive game, but um, yeah, I'm with you. The Roosters just outdone. Did you think Big Jared? He looked like he was carrying a couple of well, kicks. I was going to say, him and Moa didn't make, uh, they made 50 apiece. They, that was the thing that really got me. Their forwards were just completely They were stopped. dominated, yeah. Uh, they had no line breaks and they got doubled in the penalty count too. So all those things in favour of a much fitter and faster rooster. Well, I thought, uh, south side, um, sorry. Trent Robinson at half-time, uh, I think it was Freddie Fittler interviewed him and just said, look, what's going on? And, and give him a bit of a wrap-up of the first half and Robinson said, well, look, we can't find our front. No. And Souths are finding theirs. And that was... That was, ladies and gents, the plain and simple of that game. Yeah, well, the Burgess you know? brothers, 
uh, George and Sam just dominated the middle. Yeah, and McQueen and G.I. and Luke. Um, I Isaac Luke did a real good job rolling the ruck, coming yeah. out, sucking in the markers and, and getting the South runners over the ad line. Um, but South's defence really impressed me. Their line speed was really good. ruthless. Um, and their contact, man, you could hear it through the TV. It was... It was brutal. But I think fitness is the one big word for me. They looked very fit and keen Definitely. to go. The, the Roosters Definitely. are still... Like, that Wigan game wasn't a real sign. I'm going to throw a spanner in here. Do you like that game as round one? I do. I like it as round one and round 26, but... It, I'd, I'd, I'd rather see them play, like, maybe after four to six weeks when they're, they're starting to fire. Yeah, I, but it depends on the situation. Know. Like, last year it was a cracker round yeah. one because they had the new player on board and Sonny Bill and Jennings and all that and then they ended up beating them at the end of the year to wrap up the minor premiership so I like the mean, one in 26 for me like Roosters play South round one round 26 but the Roosters play Parramatta round two and round seven yeah, or something yeah. at the same time yeah, I don't that's, know. that's like saying in the draw. should Melbourne and Manly not play round one you get a cracker of a game on the weekend yeah so you know different results come off different situations they both kind of had a little bit of disruption, but they didn't go all the way through to the World Club Challenge this year. Over That's not me. I don't know whether I would have put that game on just based on the fact that the Roosters had a really... You know, they obviously weren't hitting their straps come round one, but oh, it's just run it out there. Yeah, well, Souths are away to Manly, but it's at Blue Tongue, so pretty much an away game for both. And this week, that'll be another good test, and the Roosters against the Eels. The Eels dished up pretty good stuff, but no peach for them, no Sonny Bill. We'll have to see what happens. But Friday night, the standalone game, uh, Benny Barber returned to Sydney to play the Bulldogs, and the Broncos got the Bickies. It was 18-12, and uh, I'm just going to put it out there. It was a game of absolutely no halves. It was just a forwards game. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I thought... Brisbane did well to score early. I mean, they banked their opportunities early, uh, but their uh, set ends were really poor. I mean, Ben Hunt didn't kick really well. Josh Hoffman obviously doesn't have a kicking game. Do Andrew McCullough didn't run. really do too much. Ben Barber doesn't have a kicking game. So the responsibility of finishing the sets was left to Ben Hunt. You'd like to think after, you know, he's played nearly 100 first-grade games, I think. You'd like to think that yeah, he'd be able to finish his sets better. Um, he didn't come up with some real great options, but you've got to wrap the Broncos' defence. It was it was tremendous. They um, dug in hard, and uh, that's what won them in the, ga- the game um, in the end. Yeah, well, nothing new for them. McCulloch led from the front in the middle. He got me in the match. I thought he was good. Yeah, he was uh, great. Parker stepped up. I thought playing the front row is pretty stupid. I think he might burn out a bit early, but... Well, I heard Sam Friday talking about that. They were, he was sort of saying that it's a similar role to what he plays normally, but I don't know whether it is. I don't think it was. He didn't offload as much, yeah. and he got he a little bit slower. He got taken off for fifteen minutes. I think that never yeah. usually happens. But I thought Glenn was the other one. I didn't think he had a great year last year. He was massive the other night. He led the carries. He led the meters. He was everywhere. So yeah. I think he's got to. They be need able, to get the most out of him. He's got a point Good to prove. Player. I think though, because he's kind of been shivved out of that rotation because there's too many of them to fit in the back row. They've got well, such a right. star-studded back row. So. Yeah. He stepped up big time, and um, the other one was Copley and Moreno on that other edge. I was a bit worried about their back line. Moreno was tops. But uh, those two in particular, I like Copley before he did his knee last year. He was good, and, yeah, Moreno was one we weren't too big a fan of, but he looked like he's uh, worked on his game. Well, he's he's only a young fella, so. Yeah. I mean, but you look at the Bulldogs, where do you go from there? They were really shoddy. I'll put it pretty simple to you. They need a revamp. It's the same game plan as 2012 still. Side to side, side to side. They're still trying to run the forward into the line and throw that pass, and they do the double block shape, and... The halves go side, but no one's pushing. The only person who looked likely to do anything was Frank Pritchard. He had the right idea. Mm. He KO. Who did he KO? Todd Lowry got Thought the Also, um, Tony Williams had a couple of good carries in that game. Yeah. I mean, but it's just few and far between. He's still, he looks like he's getting off the grid. He doesn't care. He just still doesn't look like he wants to be there. I think the, the unsung hero for them, as usual, is 
Graham and Tolman, but the other one's Finnegan. Mm. Finnegan yeah. was massive. He was, he was probably their best player, I thought. Um, Josh Reynolds tried hard, but... Yeah. I there's mean, it was a game in the middle. There's, there's not enough polish out of their spine. They've got a beast of a forward pack, and they made plenty of metres, but any time they needed to have someone step in and take control, they didn't get enough out of the halves, the nine or the fullback. And It's fair to say that Sam Perrett probably didn't look real comfortable at fullback. Mm. He needs to go back to the wing. He gives them more off the edge uh, in yardage, especially carrying the ball from dummy half. Um, he's not real good on kick return. He dropped that bomb. You know Whether they're going to give him some time uh, to to adjust or they're well, going to have to look at some, bringing someone in. If this Hoffman gig's on ice, I think the next few weeks, regardless of what's going on, they need to rotate a few. Whether it be Phillips or Templeman, someone's got to come in and have a different look because yeah. Perrett's definitely not a fullback. But uh, as far as that game's concerned, I think it's pretty simple. Again, halves. Halves in the spine just... Yeah. There wasn't enough there. Well, but... defence won the Broncos the game in the end. It was just, uh, you know, the Bulldogs struggled to score. I mean, they probably only really constructed one try because Josh Morris's was a kick and catch and yeah, it wasn't it really was constructed. Pretty ordinary, so. but uh, forwards bash up first. But the Broncos this week, they go home to play the Cowboys in the Derby, so that'll be another good test for them. We'll get a better indication of how they're doing. Uh, the Dogs, they probably get the Sharks at a great time. They've got them at home. Yeah. Fafita's supposedly signed on for them, and he's probably going to get suspended. Gallon's going to be missing. Yeah. Carney's supposed to be back, and Heinington maybe, but I think you take Gallon and Fafita away, put Carney back in, and they're still just as big a losses as getting Carney back. So the Dogs need to get a result this week. But Saturday kicked off uh, 4.30 with the Panthers getting up 30-8 to 8 over Newcastle. It was fairly even, but um, you know they had 20 tackles in Newcastle's 20 to one, and Newcastle scored the first try. So I, I was impressed with the possession. I could see what they were trying to do, but uh, you know I, I thought well, it told in the end. Yeah, you know, it told, it told in, the in the end, end. but they no, lost Boyd, no. Gidley, and Roberts. So I'm, I'm still not really reading too much in. It. I was impressed, but when the team's got one left on the bench and they lost their whole spine, I'm still not reading too much into it. But, no, but you, luckily, you've got to beat what's who's on the field. Yeah, you've got to beat who's in front of so. and that's fair enough. But this week, like I said, they're going to be going to Melbourne. Uh, now, I'm now I'm looking, really forward, looking to forward to it. I think, I, think I think they're going to be good. I'm not trying to knock the result, but I'm still not going to read a lot into it because Gidley and Boyd were off after 25 minutes. That's a pretty big reshuffle when you've got forwards on the bench yeah. to try and cover nine at fullback, so... Uh, but I thought the left edge in particular, the Panthers, he put Mansour on that side with Farre. Farre just creates something out of nothing. Mm. Mansour's a beast. Um, we had this discussion. We probably think he's close to one of the best centres in the game. At the moment. Oh, I think Farre. he's probably right up there. But um, Moylan as well. Moylan looked to be linking really well. I think he's almost playing that boy role uh, at, like they did when they were at the Dragons with Jamie uh, Jamie Souden there. Yeah. It's almost like Wallace. Wallace steered the ship. Soward's virtually just popping up here and there, but Moylan almost seems to be that uh, second half. He got two try assists, and that left edge, those three in particular, just look, oh, look really, really good. I think uh, Penrith got a lot of improvement left in them. Uh, I, I, didn't, I don't think that's uh, the best you're going to see from the Panthers. So No, and you've got Manu, Grant, Roberts. There's a few players to still be coming into that Definitely. Side, so. So I, I just saw Penrith play to the conditions. Um, they used the field position. It was a hot day, uh, and they ran over the Knights in the second half. Obviously, the Knights had their injury concerns and so forth, but that was a plain and simple of the game. Uh, best players, I, I, f- I found it difficult uh, I to really single someone out. I that thought left edge. Elijah Taylor was good. Lewis Brown was good. Um, but... Yeah, obviously Faro, uh, Josh Mansell was great. Matt Moylan, that that edge for me, and him chipping Newcastle, in. Newcastle, I thought Newcastle first half they uh, they defended really stoutly. They they turned the Panthers away. Um, obviously, they had that disallowed try, which 
Um, was it 50-50, the one where Lewis Brown hung on to, uh, yeah, I think well. it was Kirk Gidley and, and Wallace scored. But it was just what I don't get about that is if I'm What worried me a little bit was the fact that Newcastle then just rolled up the field and scored first. Yeah, exactly. They That's what I was line, getting about so. the 20-1 the to 1 in the red zone. I think that'll get better as they go further on in the year, but for that much ball, you need to be converting. But I mean, Penrith kept sure. them to nil second half, so there's, there's positives for them moving forward to the, the game against uh, Melbourne. Yeah, well, the big thing for me against Newcastle, we said this last year, they're back five or two, three, four, and five because Boyd was out, all over 100 metres again, and they all provided over 20 tackle bus. So they get so much out of their backs to help out those big boys. But yeah. long term, again, I think that, that still worries me. They need to get more out of their forwards, not just out of those Yeah, back. they rely on them too much. They make a lot of metres, but, yeah, that it's hard for them to generate points or keep involved in the game if you're doing a lot of that dirty work. Definitely. So I will see how they go this week. Uh, they're at home against Canberra, which I think I would have thought would be an easy game, but Canberra played pretty well up against the Cowboys. So uh, no Mullen, probably no Boyd, Gidley and Roberts are 50-50. Things might be a bit tough this week for them. That's a hard game to, to pick. And, uh, yeah, Penrith, we're going to get a real gauge of how they're going. Cronk should be back in Melbourne at Melbourne. It's just uh, it's not a really great place to be playing. So good early indication. But moving on to Melbourne, they played Manly at Brookvale. And, wow, there's only one way to sum this game up on Saturday, and that's a big uh, a game of two halves, really. It was, definitely. Uh, Manly came out, dominated, but the, they dominated possession. They banked their points. They executed fairly well. I thought uh, Glenn Stewart looked like he'd recaptured, recaptured some old form. Uh, Maddow and Lyon on the edges looked really good. Uh, but second half, wow. I mean, young Ben Hampton really sparked uh, the storm, I thought, and uh, got him the result in the end. And uh, for me, he was by far and away the best player in this game, and well, more, he looks really good in, in terms of filling in the shoes for Gareth Whittock, that's for sure. I was more moving on second half to our bench. I thought benches mainly gave them nothing, and we had Kenny Bromwich Definitely. and Jordan McLean Definitely. who bent the line back. Real and underrated performances. Even George changed Rose. The game. Yeah, George Rose to, played good. 40 minutes for us. He didn't play 20 like he did mm. for them, and Jesse and his brother Kenny and yeah, McLean, I just thought our twin towers, well, I like to call <laughs> But he, Kenny Bromwich, what about the easiest try ever? Well, what about first K- try Kenny Bromwich in general? I watched him in the he 20s great. and thought, all this footwork and passing, you're nothing like your brother. And he came into grade last year, he's okay, but you know, after oh. playing, he looked confident the other night, he looked himself, and if he's going to play like he did in the 20s and like he did the other night, he'll be great in the NRL. I think this is one thing that was probably underrated during the, the off-season is the fact that all these guys were away at the World Cup. It gave Bellamy and these better coaches more time to work with, you know, your Hamptons, your your Bromwiches, your McLeans. I think it's going to be a really good thing for well, South for did Melbourne. as well when everyone's saying, like, we're saying they don't have much depth, but Maguire said it was great for me because I had about nine players right. that I just had on to themselves. So yeah. Yeah. people like Walker that he knew he wanted, who was a 5'8", who didn't, people are saying, oh, he's playing 5'8", he is, but he got time to polish that up in case Definitely. this situation happened and you've seen what happened there, but... Uh, yeah, that was the big thing for me. The second half was the forwards in general, but especially those bench guys. And Hampton, like you said, I thought he was great. Cameron Smith as and, well. Yeah, well, wow. steadiness of him and Slater. Slater yeah. chipped in with a try assist. Uh, Smith, cool as uh, as they come. And I just couldn't believe it. I- I'm blown away. More impressive for me, I mean, we, I know we're going to move on, but uh, more impressive for me was that uh, Melbourne chased the points in the wet. That was impressive. Well, I'd say that rookie what well. I don't get either, and this is kind of disappointing me, I know Stewart's important to him, but he can't be that important. You have Cherry Evans and you well, have... I, I agree with you, but foreign. Mate, the stats don't lie. I mean, yeah, they Cherry really Evans and foreign. Him. You've got the Australian, like the incumbent Australian yeah. halfback. You've got the New Zealand player. They've got the best backs, even without him there. I know he's a great link play, but things shouldn't change well, so much. Well, he's a link to the edge, and I mean... <laughs> I don't, I don't know either. I, I thought, the, the, stats, me, the stats just to me it wasn't, don't lie. They all point to Stewart, but I'm looking more at the forwards. I think they're giving him 
I give him a lot of credit, but I think they rolled over in the forwards in the second well, you're half. Going, you're going to see this week, they play South. Massive test for them. Because mm. um, South were probably the best team coming out of round one. And, uh, they're going to want some revenge for that preliminary final loss mm. uh, last season. Well, the other Saturday game to wrap us up was uh, the Cowboys 28-22 to over Canberra. and uh, Similar game to well, Melbourne, I'm on it. Real similar. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that the Raiders skipped away to a lead and I, then I give, they came back. I give Canberra credit, but at the same time, they got two tries off. One was off a pick in the second half. Uh, the other one, the first one, come off the Cowboys, turned the ball over. They couldn't score in the red zone. And Jared Croker got a free one that was left behind from Morgan, still getting used to that fullback position. But at the end of the day, there's only one way to sum it up, and that was Jonathan Thurston pegged it back on his own. <laughs> He's Jonathan up. Thurston... It set up cracking. the first one like he, he got it to Morgan with an overlap and then he took that quick tap and ran 70 metres and fooled almost himself for that dummy what about that one I mean Ricky Stewart he twice everyone. in two years his side has yep. been pinned in there in you know coming out of yardage Benji obviously giving away a penalty Benji Marshall ran 80 on him and Thurston did it crazy uh, and second half Thurston just went straight back to doing it again he went through and put Cooper over he hit Winterstein on that other side it's just Oh, it was ridiculous. He's a freak. He's a circus act. When he when he gets his mojo on, and uh, I mean, the only criticism I've probably got of Jonathan Thurston when you compare him to Andrew Johns is you could never you could never turn Andrew Johns off a game. But I think you can turn uh, Thurston off a game if things don't go his way and, and mm. get into him and a little get bit. Frustrated. Whereas Johns was the opposite. He used to thrive off that. So that's probably the only box that I'd sort of put a question mark over. You know, Thurston versus Johns. But getting back to the game. It, he was uh, he was tremendous. Well, he and defended well on uh, Papali. He too. did. That they was his Papali job. had him all night. Papali did score once, but he wasn't there at that point in time. And I think one other time he may have slipped off, but he Especially had him coming. With the shoulders, like Thurston's had shoulder issues. He just keeps throwing his body in front of him. It was it was real good battle. And I think him and Papali they were laughing at a, a few occasions. Well, I'll tell know, you what, I, I'm a big fan of. I said it. You Green giving a bit of love to Tamalolo and pairing him up with Thurston. Thurston loves a good back row. Tamalolo, what a those two together is just going to be an absolute Imagine if he part. plays like that every week. Thompson looks good. Louis steady for him. You know, they were a bit shaky, but it's going to get better, and Morgan's going to get better at the back. You've seen the benefits of him, like I said, uh, in the preview, that if he gets it down packed, he's a great ball player and a great ball runner. So yeah. he, the only thing virtually missing is he hasn't learnt how to, you know, probably spot up on kicks and where to be at the back yet. But yeah, once, he le- once he learns that, I'm telling you, Definitely. Uh, he was one of the best halves in the under-20s. He should be playing first grade. I mean, and the other the other side, um, I thought your your man, Paul Vaughan, he was great off the bench. Um, number one again with half a game. He outdid all the forwards in metres. Yeah. Uh, he made one error, but and I think great impact. It's fair to say that uh, we both had Canberra as our wooden spooners. And obviously, you've got to put someone there. But I think if you... But if remember they Parramatta, like that, Parramatta did this to us last year. I know, I'm not going to give him but too I'm, much. No, what I'm share, saying is that, I mean, Canberra, you are, if they play like that every week, they're not getting the spoon. No, they're not. They won't be getting the spoon. So, so the I was impressed with them. They were better than what I expected. Yeah, well, Campese was the main one for me. I thought he looked a lot better yeah. at uh, seven. But he still needs to run the ball. I know he's had his injuries. But until that comes back, I'm not going to be anywhere near as confident. White and I thought struggled at six. I, yeah. They all love him. I love him too. He is a natural, but he's a centre or a winger in first grade. I, I don't see enough in five eight. He just he kicked out twice on the full. He dropped the ball a couple of times. He didn't really link up with anyone. I know it's a work in progress, and they'll probably push forward with it. But uh, well, I, if it can work, it's going to help him out. Yeah. But. Well. Yeah. Anyway, over, you, hear, you hear Johns and and Fittler and oh, there's big uh, Matty Johns. Yeah, they, they all seem to think he can do it. So it'll be interesting to see but, what. But, uh, I know they're all saying he's a five eight, but like I said, oh, he'd come into twenties with us as a sixteen year old. He played five eight and ball, and you, you didn't see a lot. But when he come in, he played fullback and centre for us, and he was outstanding. So 
I, I don't know. That they can push with it, and it might work out from them. But I, I still look at him and see a great centre. So that's just my opinion. But uh, leaving that one behind, uh, you know, Canberra got to have Newcastle this week. It's a good point, uh, chance to get two points with Newcastle a bit weak, even though they're away. And the Cowboys and the Derby, that'll be an absolute cracker. But Sunday, this was the one that we all said flip a coin on the Dragons, 44-24 to 24 over the Tigers. And this game was just nuts. It was <laughs> loose is the only way to describe this game. It was good to watch. I it enjoyed was. watching it. Um, but, yeah, defence wasn't really high on the agenda, no, that's for sure. there was a few strange calls. I thought Farrah got a try that he shouldn't have got. I thought there were a few that were there just was, They got two like that, and the Dragons got ripped on one that I thought was a try. But yeah, I think the simplest way to sum this up is the Dragons pulled it together in the second half. They got tight. They got very aggressive, especially Mike Cooper, Tyson Frizzell. These kind of blokes really love. Wasn't Frizzell good? He, he's, he's come along real well. Uh, Mike Cooper really impressed me. They, they did the opposite, league. though. They tightened up. And they looked, you know, looked to have a bit of a plan. They had something going on, whereas the Tigers just... Yeah. It's still just too Tigers loose. just look a little bit old. And that's what I mean about books. They're a little bit like, young. They're, they're either too old or too young. There's, got there's no everywhere. real... You've got Richards and There's Lillier no real and, player there like, that's in the prime of his first grade career. Is it there either? No. Apart from, obviously, Robbie Farrell. Well, Tedesco James was Tedesco was great. He lit it up. He was yeah. just solo having a field day. He if you like, look outside them, who have they got that's in the prime of their career? Well, I reckon you've got blokes that are there that aren't playing still, though. You've got Simona and Nofaluma that yeah, didn't play. Curtis Siren and those... When those guys come in, I think that would have been a better game. But, mm. you know, with bloody Corey Patterson through the pill, you know, on the ground a few times, I thought... Liam Fulton um, looks like he's, he's he busted, getting a little bit slower. He busted his head. Uh, Lulia got showed up a few times. Like, there's a few spots there. You can't have Lulia in the centres. No, and like I, I said mean, about Brooks, Brooks, will go there. Brooks was ineffective because he just got hammered, and then when they got an attack, there was just nothing doing. Probably the only two real highlights for me were James Gavay and uh, Martin <laughs> Tapao. I thought those two were super in the middle. They were trying to wreck everyone. Gavay mm. tried to fight about eight people as well, so at least there's a yeah. bit of an intent there, but... Those two going forward with uh, Tedesco and get the Nofaluma and Simona and Sirena back in, I think that's more of a building block. But Yeah, definitely. I'm going back to what we talked about before the season started. They need to get Lovett in and Brown and all those guys and just start doing exactly what they did last year. Give them all more first grade, and I think next year you really see the results. But for what's there now, I don't see them threatening the eight at all. What about the Dragons? I thought the best two, well, best three, I thought uh, Merrin. Well, that I is, thought, that is we flipped, don't... didn't they? The first half, I thought, Jesus Christ, you've still got no idea what you're doing. Yeah. And then the second half, all of a sudden, there was a bit of a plan uh, to what they were doing, a bit of method to the madness, which is something you don't yeah. see under Steve Price very often. I heard some radio announcers saying that um, they had people banging on the glass in front of yeah, them after 15 minutes Price. saying, fire him. And then and Matty John said a bloke said it to him after they went to give the $20,000 for the first try scorer. And he goes, that was when they were down. He goes, I seen him later on when I was walking to my car and he didn't have anything to say. Yeah, said he was a champion. Uh, 44-24. Adam um, Quinlan, he really impressed me. Mate, he's a great fill-in. And good player. Just all around, like you said, I thought all the forwards were good, but in particular for Zell and Cooper. Widop shone in the second half. Quinlan's solid. Mm. They got a little bit out of their edges, but there's still improvement there. I think you know they're going to have a... Well, hopefully have a better test this week. Going to Eden Park to play the Warriors are usually pretty good over there, but... The Dragons got a bit of a, uh, the mockers on the Warriors as well, I think. Yeah, they, they usually the, the do. On them, so... But uh, Widop in particular, I wasn't impressed the first half, but the second half I thought he really come up money. So mm. uh, wait and see what happens this week in New Zealand. As far as the, the Tigers are concerned, they get the Titans at home, and I think the Titans will be a lot better at home and have a lot to work on themselves. But I think that's a danger game for the Tigers if they're still uh, missing a couple of players. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But the other Sunday game, 
Wow, this one that happened last year and it shocked us again. The Eels 36 to 16 over the Warriors at home, and what a brand of football Parramatta played. Oh, they were great. Sensational. They were uh, free flowing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, they moved the ball to they the were, edges. They, they were fast. Brutal. They were brutal. Um, they really, they got some punch. And that's what they needed. They're like, it's too uh, well, too predictable when years gone by. I said last year that I liked Kenny Edwards and I wanted to see him play. I thought he was great. Uh, Mao was someone that no one knew about, but he's brilliant as well. I thought they gave him something they didn't have, like you know, a bit of a point of difference. Yeah. Uh, he had the benefit of being able to bench Terrapo and Tanganoa because they're a bit younger and bring them in, which is something they couldn't do last year. They just had to throw them straight in the deep end and. Uh, you know, they're probably Will Hopawato was a little bit rusty, but I think class is permanent. You've seen how good he was at putting Tautai away. He would have had a hat trick if he didn't drop one of them over the line. But his little bit of brilliance and Willie Tong on the other side, you've seen what a real class centre does. Last year, if they went to an edge, it was just a mess. It looked like a dog's breakfast. But the other night when they got on the shift, those two guys in that side give them points immediately. Yeah. Just from having a quality centre who knows how to sum up a situation. Will Hopawade, I know he's been out, but I think he could be close to one of the best at uh, executing that pass or summing up a situation as getting a winger over, as did uh, Willie Tonga. And if he stays healthy on both sides of the field, and the halves are sta- like a lot, a lot of pressure was taken off the halves by those two and, and Hayne, yeah, and that forward pack is punched. Jesus Christ. I, I'm not going to get too excited early because they don't have a lot of depth, but. Their best side playing that brand of football against most teams would see them be in the top eight. Yeah, but I'm not going to push it I don't too far. Um, I but... think they're going to have injuries or something will pop up. But uh, and this week we've already got Pete's missing because uh, a little bit of an issue popped up that we didn't know about from the preseason. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the Warriors, what can you say about them? That was horrible. They stunk. Errors. That's what you can kicks, say about the Warriors. Uh, well, everything that we saw in the preseason, like the big bodies getting in two pairs and punching and working off the offloads and the, and the lovely shape and pushing off Townsend and Johnson, it was just all went out the window. They made lots of errors. They got penalised. They didn't get a roll on. Yeah. And uh, they just... Everything that could have gone wrong. They chase points too. They don't know how to just yeah, calm they... down and get themselves back into a game. Every time well, someone scores against Whenever them. they just... They get down in good areas and drop the ball. They just... At key times, they made key errors and it... At uh, areas where, sorry, in instances where they had Parramatta under pressure, they gave away penalties and let him out of there. So. Well, I thought Mentoring and Friend were probably their two best. And I thought Townsend, they bagged him out a little bit, but Crossy tried hard. He didn't get much help. He was good. But uh, the only other one was Manu. I thought Manu had a really good game. Manu, Manu tried did. hard. Um, Mentoring. Usually in those kind of games, he ends up being one of the ones that you can kind of point the finger at for a lot of errors. But he was trying the whole yeah. way through. But for Para, uh, you know, Mao had an outstanding debut. Uh, Redrara and the Tau Tai both got hat-tricks. Pete's was brilliant. Over 100 metres there, dummy half and 44 tackles. Definitely gave you the impression why he left and why he should be playing first grade. And, exactly. Uh, lots of improvement for them. But they got the Roosters this week without Pete's, so that's uh, a pretty big game. I would have loved to have seen him full strength again against that side to get a real good gauge, but we'll see how much the nine affects him. And uh, as far as the, the Warriors, you can see them, they go home to play the Dragons at Eden Park, so... Again, we'll, we'll get a better look at the, how the Dragons are going to go against a top-line side and 
we'll see how the Warriors are going to fare going home. Hopefully we get a, a better serving of their football compared to what we saw. But Definitely. The last game of the round was the, the Monday night. Uh, the Titans at Ramondas there against the Sharks. Bo Ryan and Todd Carney both pulled out. You still usually get dragged in an arm wrestle, and they did, but they come away with it at the end, 18-12. Uh, they had a lot more tackles in the 20. We said this last night. It was 29-2 to at one point, and they were still behind on the board. I know they probably got gypped on a Kelly try, but they're just two sideways. If they play a little more direct, I thought they really could put this, uh, the Sharks to the sword. Yeah, I, I thought they struggled. Uh, they went, obviously, lateral and... And, uh, you know, the outside backs just struggled. I mean, not having the centres there, uh, I thought Blair and Ty were fairly ordinary. Uh, Mead and Gordon, they're okay. I, I thought Zilman was probably the best, the pick of the uh, the backs. The halves were great. Uh, but Ford Pack, there's a lot of reputation there, but not a lot of punch. I think they're going to look forward to getting Ryan James back. Well, Bird, um, Bird was the best by far. I thought Taylor was pretty Taylor good with stints, okay. but I think you've hit it on the head last night about his management. Of the pack and the and the bench, he's his management of when to bring players on, and he has no idea what he's doing. Cardi, mm. some of the substitute uh, changes and the times and the rest that players had, like Douglas and Taylor, and but like some of the rests were just way too big. Mm. And at a critical it looked part fairly of the game, disjointed. I don't know whether that was because or I don't know whether they got injuries or what threw that out of whack, but it didn't seem like there was much organisation in terms of. Um, when players were coming on and off and, no. and the reasons for it anyway. Well, the Sharks, I think, was pretty obvious. Gallon went off early. Fafita didn't have his best night. It's probably a little bit on his mind because supposedly he signed that deal and things are going that way. He looked like a bit of a frustrated man. And uh, I thought Arona and Graham were pretty good. Bryce Gibbs was all right as well. But uh, without Todd Carney, with Gallon going off and Fafita not having his head on right, they were always going to struggle. And uh, I was actually surprised they stayed in. I really thought if the Titans got their got themselves together, found a bit more shape and played a bit more direct. They really could have put them to the sword, but end of the day, they got away with a win. They get to go home this week against the Tigers, and it's a real good chance to start 2-0, and which they probably haven't done for a long time. So, yeah. As far as the Sharks are concerned, it's really heaping on the pressure, because if Gallon's out and Carney's not healthy and Fafita gets suspended, uh, you know they're, they're facing the opposite end of the sword, and they've still got the Asada cloud over their head, so... Not too sure what, what to expect, but the dogs are away. The dogs are definitely going to be looking to post two points. They don't want to start one and six like they did last year. So mm. uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game, both teams, especially that, for the Sharkies. They, they need Carney back. They just they lacked any uh, polish to their sets last night, uh, and their forwards were they just look frustrated. Yeah, oh, very much so. I think they're going to get Michael Leisha up as well to play hooker because they, they didn't get much out of nine last night. The mail is that he's heading off to the dogs as well, so the dogs have got their shuffling list going. Uh, I still think they need a fullback, not another front rower, but mm. if they clear a few of them out to make room for those two and uh, somehow jag a fullback, I think they could be uh, right back near the top four mm. come 2015 if they're bringing those kind of recruits. But uh, that's the eight games from round one wrapped up. We're now going to move on and speak to Andrew Brown, the rep from Sporting Bet. Uh, we're going to do our lines, see pick if we can lines. pick them right. Brock beat me last week. We're playing for two viewers this week. so Two we'll, listeners. Two listeners, viewers. I keep mixing up, doesn't matter. You can't see No us, one's watching us. Whatever. We'll see uh, how we go with the lines this week. And, uh, yeah, Andrew Brown will join us from Sporting Bet. So we'll get onto that right now. Alrighty, back for the Pick the Line segment. Andrew Brown from Sporting Bet. Um, we've changed it up a little bit this week. We've got some uh, listeners that are going to be represented. Um, Adam Beebe, he's going to be represented by Lewis, so bad luck, Adam. Uh, Matty Johnson, you'll be lucky enough to be represented by me. So um, whoever wins the Pick the Lines, obviously I won last week. Whoever picks, oh, sorry, whoever wins uh, this week, that listener, 
um, who is represented by one of us. They'll win a $100 free bet thanks to Sporting Bet. Um, welcome back, Andrew. Yeah, thanks very much, Brock. Good to be with you. It is. Um, interesting weekend. Um, was there, you know, good result, bad results for uh, the punters? Or did the bookies win, you reckon? Oh, I guess, I mean, there were a couple of upsets, um, but, but then the punters came home. The two two teams that were probably very well backed of the round were, were North Queensland, who gave punters a bit of a scare there, I guess, in so, the first half. Um, but then also the uh, the Monday night game, too, with the, the Titans, um, outsiders, but very well backed. Mm. All righty, we might jump into this week's lines. Um, Friday night, the uh, first game of the round, the Manly Seagulls versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, that's a blue tongue. Um, at 7.40 kickoff, I've got South as favourites by five and a half points. Well, I've got South uh, minus three and a half. South Sydney, five and a half oh, point oh, favourites. One for, one for Brock. Um, Stewart out for Manly, of course, and South looked impressive. Beautiful. All right, the second game on Friday night, the Broncos versus the Cowboys Suncorp Stadium, 8.40 our time, obviously, with Daylight Savings um, up in Queensland. I've got the Cowboys as one and a half point favourites. This was a tough one. Yeah, well, this one, I don't know why I've done it. Looking at it now, I'm going to slap <laughs> myself. I'll have Broncos one and a half because they're at home, but I've got no idea why. Looks like Brock's taking a 2 0 lead. Yeah, the Cowboys two point favourites. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, plenty of discussion over this one. There should be plenty of business um, both ways. We've got Brisbane $2.08, North Queensland $1.75 favourites. Okay, fair enough. Um, Saturday's game, uh, 3 pm, Eden Park, the Warriors versus the Dragons. Uh, we split this one. We both had the New Zealand Warriors as two-and-a-half-point favourites. Right, OK. Um, we've gone up with New Zealand a dollar thirty and nine-and-a-half-point well, favourites well. for this one. In saying that, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm kind of with you, boys. You know, the Dragons, they've got a pretty good record against the Warriors. Yeah. And that nine-and-a-half-point line um, might be a little bit of value. So I guess... Um, Expected to, to shorten up a little bit. Mm. I just thought as well. I know it's round one. Usually after a couple of rounds, things really iron out. But for them to lose the way they did over here, I know they're going over to Eden Park. But Jesus, mm. I'm back. I'm getting on that. The Dragons were pretty good. I mean, they they show they could post points as well, which is they're obviously going to have to do that to keep up with the Warriors, especially over there. But um, yeah, maybe have a bit of a play at that. I think. Um, all right, the second game on Saturday, the Storm. They're at home to the Penrith Panthers at Amy Park, five thirty kickoff. Um, I've got the Storm as four-and-a-half-point favourites. Yeah, I've taken the Storm five-and-a-half. You get one back, Lewis. The Storm, yeah. uh, eight-point yeah, favourites yeah. with Sporting Bet. They're $1.38. Penrith, $3.05. I think we just feel plenty for the uh, Storm to be playing for with this game with Slater's 250th uh, game. And Cam Smith, I think, notches up the most uh, number of games for, for the Storm. So, um, yeah, the, the Storm will probably be pretty pumped up for this one, I would have thought. Mm. Yeah. I, was, I was surprised at the odds. Being, um, being a Storm supporter, I'm used to us getting pretty uh, low odds. Not too much to, to back on there, but hopefully it's a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, final game on Saturday. The Roosters there at home to the Eels at Allianz Stadium, 7.30pm kickoff. Um, I had the Roosters as five-and-a-half-point favourites. Uh, I've got them six-and-a-half, but I've got a feeling this is going to be somewhere around the eight-and-a-half again or nine-and-a-half. <laughs> Yeah, you're right there. Mm. They are nine and a half point favourites at this early stage. A dollar thirty favourites. The Eels three dollars fifty, and already uh, there's been plenty of early money for the Roosters at the line. So um, we're pretty much expecting it to be one way traffic for the Roosters. Okay. Brilliant. Um, Sunday, the uh, the Titans take on the Tigers up at Seabus Stadium, the newly renamed. It used to be Skill Park, I think, but uh, that's a three o'clock kickoff on Sunday. We both had the Titans um, minus three and a half. 
Yeah, we've got a little bit more. They're um, eight-point favourites yeah. at $1.38. Yeah. Uh, the West Tigers, $3.05. I guess the Titans weren't that impressive, but West were pretty awful as well, weren't they? Yeah, mm. yeah especially when they leaked that many points as well, I guess. Um, the other game on Sunday, the Sunday night game, Newcastle Knights, they're at home to the Raiders at Hunter Stadium, 6.30pm kickoff. Again, we uh, split it. We both had the Knights minus one and a half, but tough game, especially considering how many oh, well, uh, injuries the Knights got. got. Boyd and Mullen are definitely out. Gidley and Roberts are 50-50, and then you look at the Raiders. They put up a pretty good effort up in Townsville where they usually get whacked by the Raiders. So mm. I think the uh, advantage is sort of what's got them favouritism in our minds. But um. Yeah, well, there could be um, you know a play here for you with the Raiders because um, Newcastle are five-and-a-half points wow. uh, favourites with us, $1.53. Uh, Canberra at $2.50, so maybe even a, a sneaky head-to-head bet there with all, all the injuries, as you pointed out, for the Knights. Yeah. Um, the final game, Monday night, the Bulldogs versus the Sharks at ANZ, 7pm. This is going to decide to pick the lines this week. Um, I've got the Dogs minus one and a half. I've got the Dogs minus four and a half. And the winner is, well, the Bulldogs are minus six and a half, oh, six really? and a half point favourites. Sure no gallon. Fafita's going to get suspended and Carney may play, but yeah, good times. Sorry, Matty Johnson, I've let him down. We've, we've, written, me, we've written me off and here I am. One all. The degenerate gambler sit next to me, he's lost. <laughs> oh, there you go. Brilliant. So, Adam Beebe, he's a winner of a free bet. No worries, Beebe. I'll, I'll buy you a bet too. I'll buy you, <laughs> buy you a beer, give you a free bet. Oh, but, uh, as far as uh, the promos go this week, mate, what have you got for us? Yeah, well, we gave a bit of money back uh, last week, and we've got um, the same pretty good promos this week too. Uh, on the Friday night games, if your team, the team you back scores 12 points or more but loses, you get your money back. So on the Manly South or the uh, the Brisbane North Queensland Derby, if you back a team head to head and they score at least twelve points uh, but lose the game, you get your money back. Okay. Well, I tell you what, I think that the the Derby usually goes over twelve points for both. They're usually a pretty thought, tight yeah. contest, but I think that uh, that might be a good one. Back the Cowboys are going to score at least twelve points. You think? Yeah, great times. And that's so. up. Is that up to a hundred dollars, or is that as much as you want? That's right. That's up to a hundred bucks. So I'll have a hundred. Oh, great times as well. <laughs> There you go. You've, you ripped me off last week. So there this you go. One all. Bloodbath, but I've, I've already one pegged all. one back. I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. <laughs> but uh, Andrew, thanks a lot for joining us again, mate. And uh, look forward to talking to you next week. And for everyone out there, sporting bets who you want to bet with. So make sure you jump on the website, register with them, and there's no better bet than a sporting bet. Thanks, fellas, and uh, good luck to Adam uh, with his free $100 sporting bet bet uh, for this week. And I'll speak to you guys next week. Beautiful. No worries, mate. Thanks a lot. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And he's back after round one, Mr. Gossip. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Good, mate. How'd you guys enjoy your time at uh, Sports Bet Stadium on Saturday night? Uh, well, Louis didn't go because he's a couch potato, and I... Uh... <laughs> That's right. I went and uh, they ran out of beer, so I left at half time. So and, you, and you've also mixed me up. I'm not a couch potato. I'm not a Penrith fan. I'm mm. a Melbourne fan. Yeah. <laughs> Unless the Storm are in town, I don't go to CUA or Sporting Bet or Sports Bet or bloody whatever you want to call it, Tom Waterhouse Stadium. It's changed every year. Um, yeah, it, was, it was pretty hot out there, but um, it was good. I enjoyed it. Beautiful. Apart from the lack of fluid. You two obviously both enjoyed uh, the Penrith win, but uh, what's in the pipeline, buddy? What do you got this week? 
Look, I guess we'll start off with the biggest news, and I'm sure we've we've all heard it today, and that's the the, the deal with Fafita. Obviously, it's a done deal now with the Bulldogs, and um, you know we're talking 850k per year, a lot of money for a prop, fellas. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I couldn't justify it. But that's I think I'm more. I love him, and I, I think he's landed in a great situation because, and I've said this to Brock. You look at who's available, and with Sonny Bill and Sam Burgess leaving, like a multi-skilled forward who scores tries, offloads, and plays big minutes. I think he's really the only one left with these two walking out. So I think he's kind of walked into, uh, you know, almost the, the the upper echelon or the number one to be able to get that kind of coin. Yeah, it's that discredit to him. I mean, he's a great fella, great player, but, um, yeah, geez. I mean, if, if someone had told me five years ago that a prop could earn 850, I'd call you crazy. Well, I'll put it back to the easy way, and I said this to Brock before. At, at the Bulldogs, though, why, if you're at the Bulldogs, why do you want him with all the props you've got? Like, someone's going to be going, surely. Absolutely. You've got to, now, look, hit right on the head there, boys. They've got enough going forward, the Bulldogs. It's just their backs that go side to side and stuff it up for them. So, to. Put all that money into a prop. Just I, I don't quite know what's going on there at Belmont. Mm, yeah, yeah it seems, seems strange. Yeah, they, they definitely need uh, someone someone to replace Ben Barber to start with. Um, obviously, it looked like it was going to be Josh Hoffman. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. But yeah, outside of that, you're then looking at probably a, a decent half to, to partner Josh Reynolds because he's not a he's not a traditional half. He's not a guy that's going to steer around the park. Um, Hodkinson probably hasn't lived up to the expectation or filled the void that we thought he would. So there seems to be other places in their roster that need to be filled before another forward. But um, no, well, I well, guess there's an old there's an old saying you can't have um, you know too many I, I guess quality players. So that might be their thinking. You know, he's, he's off contract, there. so we'll just get another another gun on our roster, which is probably smart business if they if they don't see anyone else out there that's um, potentially going to fill a spot. Outside, you know, in those positions that we've obviously already highlighted. So, yeah. Mm. But the, the, the money he's on, and this brings me to my next point, and that's the great news about um, Cam Smith staying with the Storm. Now, I know Louis woke up very happy this morning, as he usually does, but even more happy this always. morning. Yeah, I'm always very happy, boys. <laughs> you look at Cam Smith, and he is earning very, very much close to what Fafita will be getting. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. You look at Cam Smith, and you yeah. look at Fafita. No disrespect to Fafita, but. Wow. Exactly. I know who I'd rather. And yeah. I asked Lewis a question earlier on the podcast, just who you would put up in the uh, the echelon of, of uh, probably justifying oh, that sort Smith, of money. And Cherry Evans, Inglis, um, Thurston. And yeah. obviously we rattled off rattled off a lot of names, but I, I sort of I couldn't justify having um, Fafita on that sort of cabbage. They're all, all, like all the players we rattled off, though, are also in that spine role. They're not, you know, it's more well, those Wayne, Wayne Bennett had that famous quote, didn't he, that, you know, you don't pay 350000 yeah, but for, oh, for a front row, obviously that that would now be worth six hundred. That, that's also that. where I come in, though. He was talking about Cade Snowden, Petro Sivasevic, Shane Webkey. They're not Andrew Fafita, Sam Burgess. These kind of props, like you're very high. It's not but the same. I, I, don't even, I don't even see Andrew Fafita in the same conversation as Sam Burgess. Oh, not right now. But like I said, that's why I'm getting at this money. To me, almost looks like with Sam Burgess and Sonny Bill leaving, he's really the only mm. big man I'm looking at who has the similar kind of skill set. I think he's the stands alone next year, which is why this kind of money's popped up. There's also been a bit of speculation that, um, I'm not sure whether you've heard this, but uh, that Jesse Bromwich might be going to the Sharks if Fafita leaves. And I said to Lewis this afternoon, you know, like I'd, I'd much rather Jesse Bromwich, to be honest. And you probably get him for half the price. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, good player, but yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, he's not... 
that dissimilar, you know. Like, I, I think you'd, the Sharks could spend their money elsewhere and they still get a lot of good output from Bromwich, you know. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, the Bulldogs start playing like busted um, and they need to buy more players that could bite them on the arse in a couple of years anyway. Tony Williams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, moving along to the Eels, have had a fantastic win over the we- on the weekend, which was great for them. Now, uh, Maru Mao, he's uh, been locked up with the Eels, which is great for them. Um, the Eels also today have announced that uh, Daniel Harrison has been released, so mm. maybe clean up some money for him, I would say. Mm, I, I, uh, I, that's what rung to my, sprung to my mind, I guess, when I... Um, Heard the news that Harrison was uh, released, obviously. I thought, well, yeah, they've, they've made a move very quickly, and, and rightfully so. He, I know it was only one performance, but uh, yeah, well, by crikey, it was a good one. But that's the other thing I don't think a lot of people got mixed up. I spoke to Tyron, uh, my old manager, was telling me about this bloke before the nines, before he said he was going to be good. And he actually signed the deal before they even played. Mm. The deal was done on Monday, so it wasn't after the game, but uh, they had big raps on him. They reckon he had a massive pre-season. Arthur loves him and God, it showed on the field. He was, he was just outstanding. Mm. If he puts that out oh, for yeah. a year, that, that's the kind of player power have been missing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they played on what uh, Sunday night the contract's done that quick. <laughs> mm. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, moving on to the Panthers, boys, and I had a lot of cranky Panthers fans email me this week because we put a thing up on Gossip about uh, big Kimmy Grant. Now, Kimmy Grant, not you know, it's not his fault, not Gus's fault, but he's heavily, heavily back-ended from the Matt Elliott days, and he's getting paid a monster as well for a prop. Now, Gus is either going to have to ask Timmy to take a pay cut, uh, which, look, Timmy may, may do. Yeah, he, he may do, Timmy, that he's a Penrith junior, but um, I know there is one club in particular that's very keen to have him, and that's the Sea Eagles. Um, the Sea Eagles uh, are pretty much uh, looking at punting Glenn Stewart. They're going to keep Brett, so they'll have a little bit of money cleared up. Mm. And they've got a little bit of room, I suppose. They, they've got to lock up Trebojevic. I don't know how much... Hopefully they don't do a stupid David Clemmer deal and pay overs again uh, for somebody who hasn't quite proven himself yet, but... They are a bit light in, in the front row position, but cross that's, that's hitting the panic button a bit early. Like King will probably move on. They're not sure about Louis or Starling, and they got Lawrence. So, oh, yeah. that's, that's not a bad signing, but he, he doesn't really ring to me as a manly player. Grant, he'd yeah. probably go there and carve up. Um, he's obviously had his injury concerns and, and things like that with Penrith. So, you know, I mean, the whole philosophy of the rebuilding phase for Penrith has been to clear out those high end contracts. So, um, you know. Seems like a similar sort of theme, doesn't it? So, well, I'm big on. Yeah, you keep going, buddy. Yeah, if he doesn't take that pay cut, I'll guarantee you he'll be at Manly. Yeah, well, I'm big on Regan Campbell. Can Gillard, they, can so. they do that? Can they move him out? Is that like, if even if he's got a contract, or is is it just you know at a mutual agreement? Probably like to a Jennings on? deal. They'll pay part of the deal until a certain until it's expired, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Just like the Jenko deal. Yeah. Pretty much just cover it until he's off contract and they seal up their own deal. But if he's on big money, I'm not surprised. I, I don't really... Well, there's a lot of good juniors coming through, I suppose. Well, that's what I was getting at. Regan Campbell-Gillard, I think, is the ready-made replacement. Big bopper, pretty mobile, got a bit of footwork, so, mm. you know. Yeah, they had plenty of go forward on the weekend and Timmy Grant wasn't playing, so... Yeah. Yeah, they look good. They look very good. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, boys, now they're chasing young uh, Patrick Templeman from uh, the Bulldogs, but uh, the Bulldogs have been pretty tight asses and they're not going to release him. Uh, you can't blame him. But look, the Cowboys need a fullback um, because Lachlan Kurt's out for the year. Look, good 
Melbourne player. Um, what are your thoughts on him, boys? We we sort of uh, uh, push for him to get a crack at the Bulldogs spot at fullback because uh, Sam Perris sort of didn't slot in there real well, and he's probably better suited for the wing. So if yeah, if I if I'm them this week in particular, if Gallon's out, if Feeder's out, and Carney, he may or may not play, but. I think after what we saw last week, Sam Perrett, he's a solid player, but he's definitely not offering uh, what you can get at fullback from, say, a Templeman. He's a bit uh, lightweight for first grade, but he's a damn good ball player, and I think that's what they're missing right now. There's no way Sam Perrett's going to be able to play that link role. Mm. So why not? Yeah, Just throw a cross into the link. Yeah, give him a crack at and, least. And, and Templeman's off this year anyway, so at some point, if they've got that dilemma and they're not going to spend money on a fullback and put 850 into a prop, they're going to have to look at him. Well, if if the Bulldogs were, you know, a bit savvy here, why, why wouldn't they just say, look, we'll swap you for one of your outside backs? I mean, they could do with an outside back. Yeah, they could. Um, yeah, they really should offer them for someone, Rona, Rona or yeah, somebody Rona like that or, that they can get that just can play I'm first. I'm not sure right? whether they'll get Winnerstein, but there's a few oh. young backs there that, that go all right at the Cowboys that they could possibly package up and, and get, you know, they, they need relief in the outside backs, especially at centre, I think, the Bulldogs. Okay. Mm. And la- lastly, boys, I've got a couple of emails just before um, we went on air, just about some injuries. Now, I can tell you the Bulldogs, um, they've got Cassiano out, Inu out, and Eastwood out. They're all due uh, back pretty much around the same time, round five and uh, round six. Uh, and also for the Sharks, Alan and Luke Lewis are both back pretty much the same time as well, six weeks. So, Jesus, some, some big boppers there out for the first five or six rounds. Mm. Yeah, that was my low light at the start. It's the... It's the injuries and the suspensions, and it's the names. You know, Sonny Bill, Fafita, uh, you've just mentioned it, Gallon, Lewis, there, there's a lot of quality players. George Tafua, still not back this week for Manly. Like, there's some pretty high end players that uh, are not running around for this time of the year. Yeah, exactly. tipping very hard. Oh, God. Tipping's an absolute pain in the ass. Oh, it is a nightmare. We're on, absolute nightmare. on to the tipping. Brock last week, he got five, and uh, yourself, Gossip, and I, we got three apiece. So we've fallen behind the eight ball early on, but uh, plenty of time plenty of time left. I'm not going to start bombing under, underdogs just yet, but give me a few weeks, I will, mm. when I'm still running last. So starting us off, Friday night, uh, Manly versus South Sydney at Blue Tongue. So... A uh, bit of a mutual ground, but what do we make of this one, Brock? Uh, well, I think obviously with Brett Stewart out, the way that South played, um, this, I mean, South are going to have revenge on their mind as well um, following the preliminary final loss. So, I mean, everything points to South, uh, but Manly are obviously a quality side and they had that bit of a shock loss, I guess you'd call it, but uh, I'm going to tip South. All right, well, I'm going South as well. I just thought last week they were too fit. Uh, too brutal and too fast. And the way Melbourne bashed up Manly's pack in the second half, I think South will do a real number on their middle. Yeah, I'm going South as well, boys. But, um, yeah, Manly is losing first up. They're going to be out there and pretty pumped. And they've got a fairly good record there at Blue Tongue. But I think the Bunnies are just too good for them. Yeah. Well, we've got the, the Derby. It's Big Brother versus Little Brother on Friday night as well. The Brisbane Broncos versus the Cowboys at Suncorp Stadium. You bet that one's going to be close to 50,000. But... Oh, I'll take a breath. Ooh, I had to get that one out exploded. There. But I have to <laughs> have to get on the Cowboys. Uh, they disappointed me last week. I thought that was absolutely terrible. They were error riddled. Uh, they couldn't crack it early on. But a Jonathan Thurston masterclass and all their weapons prevailed late. I don't see him being that rusty twice. But in saying that, Brisbane were very stout in defence. So I think they're going to pose some problems if they make uh, that many errors again. They they might struggle to get as many points and as easy as they did against Canberra. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, Brisbane don't have any halves. They don't really have a polish, any polish to their sets. 
um, Thurston will get them good field position and I just think they've got more points than the Cowboys so I'll go with the boys from North Queensland yeah, I'm still riding the Cowboys boys. They still hate their mothers, fathers, aunties and uncles. Um, they're against the world, the Cowboys, and um, I think they'll win again. Yeah. Saturday, we kick off at Eden Park. The Plum of the Nines, the Warriors, who are absolutely awful in round one, versing the Dragons. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm going the Warriors, but Jesus Christ, fellas, just do the simple stuff. You are huge. Mm. Punch through the ruck. Give Sean Johnson a bit of space and hold the ball. One try doesn't mean you have to go off and start chasing points. 80 minutes, calm down. Mm. Matt Elliott, I hope you're listening. Sort it out. <laughs> Best of a bad bunch. I'm going to go the Warriors. It's over in New Zealand, but uh, the Dragons have got a bit of a bit of the wood on. Yeah, they got a bit um, of a hoot on man. the Warriors. So it, nothing would surprise me. But I'm just going to go with the Warriors. I'll give them another chance. Same old Warriors. Um, yeah, well, they were ordinary when they Sam Tompkins. Boys, what do you think of his, his run? Rubbish. Yeah, he struggled. He struggled. Um, but, I mean, he didn't get much support. And well, you saw what happens when the Ford pack goes forward against Brisbane. He's, he's going to be uh, causing trouble. So they, they need to get it sorted. They, they can't make that many errors and give away that many penalties. I mean, he, he needs good field position to be effective, and they didn't have, have much of that. So. No, that's true. But, look, I'm going to go to the Warriors boys. They're at home. Uh, they'll be stinging after that loss. They'll be pretty embarrassed, I think, losing the Parramatta. So. Good time. Go to the Warriors. Here's my favourite of the round, the Storm. They go home. It's Billy Slatter's 250th game. Cameron Smith freshly re-signed and the Penny Panthers roll into town at Amy Park. What do we reckon, Brock? I'm tipping the Panthers, so I'm going to go a Panthers upset here. Um, I think if, if there's any time they're going to get them, it's going to be now. Uh, Melbourne were a bit rusty first half last week. Uh, I'm not sure whether Cronk's going to play. He's um, been named. I think, uh, I think the Panthers will win. Wow. Gossip, are you, are you back in the pennies with Brock, or what, what's the deal? <laughs> no, mate, I'm going to go to the Storm. It's been a very, very long time since the Panthers started the season with back-to-back wins. In fact, they struggled a bit last year to put back-to-back wins together. Um, I think the Storm would be way too good for them. Yeah, well, mine's simple. We don't lose at home very often. Only Canberra beats at home. I think most people know that. <laughs> it seems to happen for some reason, but yeah, and them too. But now, nah, you know, going home, Smith re-signed. I can't believe they got out the way they did last week. Cronk back, uh, Slater even last week for someone who hasn't played at all was pretty solid. So I'm confident they won't disappoint uh, their first game at home. I think well, just too. from a you know an insider's perspective at the club at Penrith, they they, uh, they idolise the Storm. You know, they idolise the Storm. So they should. And I just think they're going to be up for it. I don't know whether they'll win, but I'm, I'm going to give them a chance because I think they'll be they'll be right up for it just because of the level of respect they had for the Melbourne club. Mm. Well, no, they did beat them on home turf last year, didn't they? Penrith, mm. they won the Penrith. Yeah. Yeah, during Origin. Come on, guys. Come on. Don't beat me up too much. All right, Saturday wraps up with the Sydney Roosters versus the Parramatta Eels at Allianz Stadium. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed uh, the Sonny Bill thing's one thing, but even if he wasn't there, uh, I would have hoped that Parra had Pete, so I think that kind of d- doesn't ruin their chances, but I think it hurts Parra full stop because Kaiser Pritchard, he's fresh off the surgery. Uh, he's only been back for one week last week in the 20s, and I definitely don't seem to have the effect that Pete's did. So I'm going to go the Roosters, but I think that kind of ruined uh, what was potentially a real good gauge of how the Eels were going to go this year. I think I really think the Eels could upset the Roosters. Uh, I think Sonny Bill's a massive out. Uh, they don't look fit. Um, one thing I'll give Parramatta, they look fit, fast. Uh, they look really sharp. So I think if they can uh, play that sort of footy against the Roosters, they're going to cause some troubles. But I've got to stick with the Roosters um, until you obviously see the Eels um, beat someone of quality. So 
not that the Warriors aren't quality, but you just know how hot and cold they are. Yeah, well, I, I, well, last year it happened, didn't it? Parramatta won round one against the Warriors and played like buses for the rest of the year. Um, the Roosters, mate, the Premiers, they'll win this one. All right, well, there we go. We've got a clean sweep. Uh, only one different so far. The old box had gone to Panthers. It's a bit tight this week. Uh, right. Sunday, Titans at home at Seabus Stadium, another mob that's changed the stadium name every single year, versus the Tigers, who are, yeah, they got a bit of a toweling in round one. Started off a point to thorn, and then they just shut up shop completely. So Changing the name is MIB, Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Is. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to go the Titans. I'm still not convinced. Uh, last night, for Christ's no. sake, 29 they stunk tackles off. in the opposition, 20-2, to two, and they were still even. There was no Carney. Gallon went off. Fafita gave away a 1,000 penalties, and it took a grubber for Zilman to score the try to win the game. Uh, I feel sorry well, for Kelly. Well, I feel they sorry for Caesar try They did. Kelly, that was a shocker. But again, how did he do that? He did it on his own. He got no help from anyone else. We so went straight. That was a good start. They need to help the halves. Those two I feel sorry for, but I'm going to back the Titans. Yeah, I'll back the Titans. The Tigers were worse than the Titans, so I, I don't know. Nothing had shocked me. Yeah, I've got to pick the Titans as well, boys. Jeez. Now, the Tigers wear those jerseys again. They look like council workers. That was terrible, but I enjoyed it. soccer team. No, mate. It was brutal, but we'll see what happens with that one. They've definitely got to pick up their act. The old Tiggy Tigers. Mickey Potter looks to be the one who's got the, the, the knife to his throat at this point in time. But the other Sunday fixture, this one, I think, is the hardest one to pick. It's Newcastle at Hunter Stadium at home against the Canberra Raiders, who gave a lot better of a showing than I expected against the North Queensland Cowboys. Gidley... And Roberts have both been named, so we suppose they're going to play, but Boyd is out, and uh, Mullins it's, it's obviously out. Na- so. It's easy to name them. It doesn't mean they're going to play. Oh, exactly, but they think they're going to be back on board. Uh, Boxhead, who you got? I'm tipping the Raiders, just because I like what I saw. They're unchanged. Newcastle got a lot of injury concerns. Um, they also played in that stinking heat um, at Penrith on Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah, I just I like the Raiders, I think. I think the Raiders are going to run right down near the bottom, but this is sort of the time of the year. They're healthy. They're going to win some games this time of the year, I think, um, and I think this will be one of them. Gossip, mate. Who, who are you on yeah. here? You're a Chills lover? Yeah, well, <laughs> harder to pick than a broken nose, this one, but I'm going to go the Raiders, boys. Oh, they impressed me against the Cowboys. I thought they were in the game pretty much right until the, the death, and, uh, yeah, I, I like the Raiders. I think they win this Yeah, one. I mean, you take Thurston out, the Raiders win comfortably. Mm. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I, I talked myself all afternoon back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but I'm going to go Newcastle only because they're at home. But, okay. Uh, Good on your chance. Jesus Christ. I, I have no confidence. <laughs> That's your favourite word at the moment. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. Lord's name in vain. Son. I'll tell you what, if they burn me here, Wayne Bennett, I'll be there with a picket line. I'm coming for you. All right. <laughs> He's got more injuries, more injuries than any uh, the whole NRL combined. That's ah, all right. They'll, they'll, they'll catch it up. Just do the smart thing. Put Memo in at fullback and leave Gilly at nine. Don't fiddle with what's working, all right? But Monday night, we come to another one that you'd think it was a certainty, but my God, we got burned in round one. The Bulldogs at home, ANZ Stadium versus the Sharks. No gallon. Fafita's going to be suspended. Carney may play, uh, but still, I don't think, without those other two, he loses some pretty key weapons, but... I'm going to go the Bulldogs. It's a, it's a BBF, this one. Bounce back factor. The yeah. doggies will win. Um, the Sharks, they're just rudderless at the moment. They don't have the troops. Um, and it looks like, yeah, especially with Gallon. Now we're up. Um, they lose their heart and soul. So I'll tip the dogs. 
on the Monday night game for the Sharky Poos, but I don't think they'll they'll do it. I think the Bulldogs will be too just too strong for them. Well, that's a pretty boring round. <laughs> we've only got Brock on the pennies, and I've gone the Knights, so we've got only one, one or two there that could go wrong. So I'll still be leading next week. You'll still be leading next week. Here he is. He's, he's already started. <laughs> good form, good form. All right, big fella, we'll uh, hopefully get a little more cooking over the next few weeks, as usually does start happening at the start of the year with uh, some rumours about who's going where and what's going on, and uh, see how the tips go. We'll talk to you next week. Fantastic. Thanks, boys. See you, buddy. Have a good one. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Well, that wraps up this episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast. So uh, for Adam Beebe, if you are listening, you are represented by me in uh, picking the line segment. So you have won $100, $100 free bet from Sporting Bet. The only way to get it is to listen to the podcast, know that you were selected, and then you have to send us an inbox. We'll then set up the details and get the $100 passed on to you, but only if you obviously are hearing my voice right now. Otherwise, toodle but uh, for now, that moves us on to the wrap-up. If you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, it's at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and. The email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. Brock, the feed right, situation. Uh, the feed. So basically our iTunes feed has now moved to AudioBoo. So if you listen to this through NRL Gossip or through our page, just through the link, Nothing's changed. Just click through the link. That's yep, fine. Uh, but we'd love you to subscribe on iTunes. Um, if that's the case, uh, basically, if you were subscribed um, this time last week um, or before that, uh, you'd be on the old feed with the old logo. Um, so if you do have the old feed, the old logo, you won't get this updated podcast. Uh, how to do it is you unsubscribe and then resubscribe. And how you know you've got the new feed, you're going to get the updates to start with. And secondly, it's going to be our new logo. So... Um, we're going to post them on both Podomatic and uh, Audio Boo just for probably the next six to eight weeks, just to make sure yeah, everyone makes just a transition period. Um, but other than that, if it's not appearing on iTunes, that's why. Um, and it's as easy as unsubscribing and then resubscribing again. And, and obviously, yeah. the way you know you've got the new feed is you get in the updates. So, yeah. and our, we're now naming our podga- podcasts for each round. So I'm calling it round two yeah. um, for round two. So you, you'll know by you know what round is appearing, whether you're up to date or not. Yeah, so pretty straightforward. It's going on Podomatic. It's on Audio Boo. It's being posted on Facebook and Twitter as normal. But if you are on iTunes and you are not getting the updates, unsubscribe, type the name in, you'll see the new logo, resubscribe, and you will not have an issue. But for now, guys, that wraps us up. Remember, if you're going to have a punt on the football, make sure it's a sporting bet because there's no better bet than a sporting bet. And uh, we'll see you next week after the football. Enjoy. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where? Is that it? Is that it? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.